Have you heard about Salt River Automotive? Not only are we open for business and ready to serve you, we are sponsors of the BS in the Morning show on Westplex 107.1. Check us out on Facebook at Salt River Automotive LLC. See you soon. Westplex 107.1. You are listening to BS in the Morning. I am Brad. He is Shelly. And together we make BS in the Morning. You want to find us on the web or you want to stream us? Go to bsinthemorning.show. You can also go to westplex1071.com and this is the TrimalCast. We are TrimalCasting on three stations, Crap AM 1350, KSLQ 104.5, and of course, Westplex 1071. He needs to cancel it and have a beer and a personal pan pizza at home. I do need a personal pan pizza. I'm starving. Shelly, we listen online in our country. How do you say, you got it going on girlfriend? Rock on sister. <laughs> Shelly, you are amazing. How do you it. do it? Shelly, you are amazing. How do you do it? Can we, can we all get along? Can we, can we get along? Don't take drugs. Don't take drugs. I think you should be able to go up in the stands and beat the hell out of one person per game. I don't even know what that said. I think you should be able to go up in the stands and beat the hell out of one person per game. Yeah, I still don't know what it said. What did it say? I think you should be able to go up in the stands you and beat the hell out of one person per game. I want to live in a van down by the river. <laughs> you do. I'm an unadulterated fan. There's not a single thing a man can do that a woman can't do as well or better. Not a single thing. They can't hear me because they're listening to Kids Bop. Oh, what a beautiful morning. Oh, what a beautiful day. I got a beautiful feeling. Everything's going my way. I got bronchitis. Drawback two and punt. Laws are made to be broken. I don't think that we should be called cougars anymore. I think we should be called panthers. I don't think that we should be called cougars anymore. I think we should be called panthers. I did not know that. So I learned about roaches. I got hairy legs. I believe that. I got hairy legs. I believe that. I got hairy legs. I believe that. I got bronchitis. Do you feel better? That was some weird <laughs> What was that? Was all that your, like, crescendo? <laughs> yeah, for Hillary to come in and say. That was some weird And yes, that yeah. is Hillary Clinton saying that. Oh, it's Friday. It's Friday. It's Friday. It's Friday. It is Friday. It's Friday. Yay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, of course. Uh, what difference does that make? It's just another day to work for me. But that's a whole other story. It's an, you know, you know, it's interesting. It's a day when usually people don't come after me on Friday. I don't know why that is. Because they don't want to be stuck with it over the weekend. God, I could tell you something that happened last night that I don't think I should talk about yet. But I got the nicest text at ten o'clock last night from a guy who gets up at three o'clock in the morning. I'm thinking to myself, what's he doing texting me at ten o'clock at night? A radio host for another radio station who, quite honestly, uh, was on Radio Poop recently. Matter of fact, he was on Radio Poop Monday, and he complimented me on Radio Poop. Really? Yeah, yeah, which is interesting because the two people that are mentioned that on Monday's Radio Poop, 
their polar opposite reactions. <laughs> One person compliments me, and the other person shall, what we say, we'll talk about that next week. Yeah, let's just do that. <laughs> we won't talk about this week. We'll talk about it next week. Uh, yes, that would be the best. Right. So uh, it's Friday morning. Uh, I did my usual deep dive into the news this morning, and I have to be honest with you, the thing that, I mean, all sorts of bad stuff, you know, the Afghanistan thing. And can I tell you, I'm going to put this as, I'm going to talk about this next hour. You know, I did, geography fascinates me. And what's sort of interesting is so many people, and and like, for example, my, my, my one son, my youngest son, I told you the story about he got lost coming to my office. Now, keep in mind, he lives off of the street that my office is off of. So all he has to do is just jump on that street and drive and then make one turn, and he's at my office, and he got lost. I'm going, like, how in the world? I'm I just, maybe I was born with it. I have this crazy, weird sense of direction that you can drop me in a city. I, have, I am so geographically challenged, it's well, almost I'm, embarrassing. I'm just the opposite, okay? So what I did was, and I was just thinking about this yesterday, thinking to myself, you know, I'm trying to figure out all the different things we're seeing on the news with, you know, the the airport in in Kabul and 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 remember we had the big airbase in in Bagram. That was the airbase that we that I think originally the Russians built that air force base and then we took it over when we went in there in 2001 and I went on Google Maps and I found the most amazing things. First off, I mean, what's crazy about Google Maps, I'm like doing a deep dive into Kabul, and I'm looking at, you know, the area around the airport, and I'm looking at, you know, various streets, and what's crazy about about Google, I mean, I, I don't know if I told you this story or not. I don't know if it's still up there or not. If you go, I'll have to look at it later this morning. If you go, at least it was there for a couple years, because, you know, the, the pictures on there last for a couple years, and then they refresh them, they put new pictures up there. The last time I looked... I'm on Google Maps. You can see me personally walking around at the crap transmitter site next to my truck. I mean, I remember that. Remember that? <laughs> I looked yes. at because I was looking at Google Maps because I was trying to figure out something at the transmitter site. I'm going to take a look at it because I was trying to look at orientation of an antenna, and I went on on Google. I go, hold on a minute now. There's a there's a there's a person there. There's a truck, and I go. That's me. <laughs> it's me walking You're around. Google in, famous. Yeah, I'm walking around in the field just south of our transmitter site. Well, you can zoom in. You can zoom as far as you can in, and it's crazy. And I'll talk about this next hour. What I saw at the Bagram Air Force Base, and you know, we abandoned that one month or so ago. Just just one night in the middle of the night, everybody just left. I mean, how sad is that? And now, in 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 hindsight, being 2020, if we had that air base which we had, you know, tremendous security around. I mean, we could have brought all those, you know, Americans who were trapped in Kabul and the Afghanis that, that uh, you know, we're going to take back to the United States who helped us, the interpreters and things like that, the people who assisted, you know, worked at the embassy and things like that. They could have just shipped them up there, put them on a plane, and away they go. But I don't understand the whole thing. You know, the more I get into this, I'm going like, I'm scratching my head. And to the point where I had a discussion, and I cannot say who this person is, retired air force and when i say this person is just below a general and i'm not going to give out the rank anybody who knows ranks will know exactly what i'm talking about but this person was just below a general and 
was in command of, I won't go that far because that will really nail the person, and had this discussion yesterday with this person. It was fascinating. I mean, it was to the point where, I mean, I'm asking questions, and I'm getting these answers like, and it made it even more like, okay, then why did we do that? And the answer was sort of like, hey, that's just when you're in the service you get used to crazy, stupid things that, you know, the people on the ground can tell you you should do this, this, and this, and the people in D.C. at the Pentagon and in the White House go, no, 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 we're not going to do that. We're going to do this, this, and this. And I go like, man, I, you know, I'm going like, well, isn't that frustrating to, like, be there on the ground? And, and this is a person that, shall we say, saw combat in Kuwait um, and other parts of the Middle East. This is a person who has lived, who was like 30-plus years in the Air Force, who's lived all over the world and experienced up-close-and-personal Kuwait, Iraq. I don't believe they were ever in Afghanistan. And it was just it was just crazy, weird stuff. You know, I mean, the things that, that were said to me were like, okay, then why didn't we do that? Well, because the people in the Pentagon don't really realize what it's like on the ground there. Why don't they get in a plane and go find out? Well, that's not what happens. A lot of times, you know, and she's talking about the fact that most of the time it's people who are um, in the Pentagon who have never been in the service before. They're like advisors. They're, you know, they're like appointees. And a lot of them are... Consultants. Well, a lot of them are like, sort of like, I guess you could call them sort of Ivy League grads. You know, they've you know, they graduated from Harvard and Yale and Cornell and... You know, a lot of those brown and those East Coast universities, and a lot of them come from very privileged backgrounds and, you know, that kind of a thing. And never have really experienced life what it's like to be, you know, in another country, in a, you know, in a third world country, undeveloped country. It just was just crazy stuff. And, and this is not the only person I've talked to about this. I have two other friends of mine that I know who, you know, both you know, one of them who's actually in Afghanistan and pretty much told me the same thing. You know, it's like, it's like, okay, I don't quite get it. You know, I, you know, and like, they don't listen to the people on the ground. No, they, they don't usually pay much attention to what we tell them. Okay. That's sort of obvious what's happened in the last week, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, it's... A little bit. It's just really obvious what happened in the past week. It's like, okay, don't quite understand that. But anyway... I'll talk about that next hour. But the interesting thing was what I saw on Google Maps and at Bagram Air Force Base. And I don't, you know, they don't date the maps. So I don't know exactly, you know, when that those pictures were taken. Isn't that amazing? Think about in in our lifetime, in our lifetime that that what's happened. And I can remember this crazy stupid story. I read this fascinating story about the first satellite-based uh imagery you know how they did it? No. They had they sent these satellites up in up in space, okay? And they didn't have any way to communicate with the satellites other than just, you know, very basic control, you know, move the satellite over here, you know, we're going to move the satellite over here. And they had cameras in the satellites. And I'm not making this up. I mean, this is going to sound like, you know, Brad, this is going to sound like BS in the morning BS when I tell this story. But they had these satellites, and when the film got full they ejected a film cartridge out of the bottom of the satellite and it had a parachute attached to it and they would send up a plane that had this special like gizmo on the front of the plane that as this parachute came down the plane intercepted the parachute 
and grabbed the the cartridge, the film cartridge, chopped off the parachute, and then they pulled in the film cartridge and they took it down to earth and they developed the film. Is that bizarre or what? That's pretty bizarre. <laughs> I mean, can you imagine that? Can you imagine like like how how much coordination you need to like okay the the, the cartridge is going to fall out of space and it's going to fall right around here and they'd have to figure out you know the prevailing winds which way the winds were blowing they'd have to figure out how fall you know how far it's going to fall before the parachute opens then they have to figure out you know and then the plane has to meet it at a particular altitude and like hit it like you know the pilot has to go like right into it bang you know snag the thing then they bring the thing in take it down on the ground plane lands take it down to the ground develop the film I'm going like I almost don't believe that. And at first, when I read the story, I thought to myself, okay, is this April Fool's? Am I being punked? You know, I mean, like, the BSer gets BS'd. You know what I'm saying? The BSer gets BS'd. Aw. <laughs> no, no, Yeah, I... actually, yeah. Oh, man. That's funny. And, and, and the reason the story was about these guys who were still alive, who were behind this program, and I believe of all crazy stuff, it's a, part of it has was developed in North County at McDonnell Douglas. Because it doesn't surprise me. Because if you remember, McDonnell Douglas, I think, built the Gemini capsules. Weren't, weren't the Gemini capsules built in, in, up in North County at McDonnell Douglas? I, know, I don't know the answer to that question. I don't think it was the Apollo. I think it was the Gemini. Because remember, it was the Mercury was one dude in the spaceship. Apollo was two. And then, no, no. Uh, hold on, what? Mercury was one. Apollo was three. Gemini was two. Yeah, Gemini uh, w- w- astronauts. Mercury was one dude in the in the spaceship. Gemini was two, and Apollo was three. And that's and and we, I don't think we built the Apollo ones. But God, the history of St. Louis, history of St. Louis. It's pretty fascinating if you think about well, it. Well, I mean, you know, once again, the problem that we still suffer from in the St. Louis area is all this uh, radioactive pollution out on the north end of the airport. Out it used to be out in Weldon Spring all along ninety four. That was all from World War II with the, the the atomic bomb program. I mean, you know, right here in St. Louis, we were involved in that. Crazy weird stuff. Okay, have I talked enough? You never talk enough, Brad. <laughs> oh, hold on a minute. I've got the authority. Okay, Hillary, have I talked enough? That was some weird shit. <laughs> You'll block her, but you won't block me. That's I... funny. I just can't get enough of that. that don't you think that's funny? And I you, think it's hilarious. <laughs> and you know what's interesting? That was some what? weird sh- She said that twice in two interviews. And if you don't know the background of what she said. Well, she didn't want the other one to be jealous. Well, first off, she 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 did it in an interview in England because in England they don't they they don't they can cuss on the air in England, which is sort of weird. You know, they're sort of prim and proper. But she did, yeah. it, I believe, on the Graham Norton show. If you ever watch videos of that, he's this interviewer over there. They call him hosts. He's a host, uh, and uh, she was telling the story of the Donald Trump or uh, yeah the Donald Trump inauguration, and she claims that she was seated next to George W. Bush, who would have been, what, number 43? Obama was Something 44. Like Trump was 45. Okay, she was seated next to George W. Bush at the inauguration. And when Trump finished his inauguration speech, she claims that George W. turned and looked at her and said, That was some weird <laughs> And somehow I can hear George W. Bush say that. Can't you? 
because you know he was sort of a dry kind of guy you know i mean he did yeah he was you know he, or he is well he didn't have he wasn't like mr personality and i think he was one of those guys that was actually a pretty sharp guy but it didn't come across that way that he wasn't like the sharpest tool in the in the drawer you know but he he was because you know he was a fighter pilot and trust me you don't get dummies who end up being fighter pilots i mean you were around right. some of those guys at lambert right Yes. I mean, you know, when they used to have the Air National Guard out there, you, you, they were right next to you. Weren't they right next to your building? When next, Air Na- yep, next to the old tower. Right. I mean, you That's know. That's no longer there. It's a. Right. I mean, it's gone. Grassy knoll. Right, right. They, they tore another thing they tore down, just like the post office at the airport. Why do they keep tearing stuff down? You know, and you think about us as Americans. They're tearing stuff down in St. Charles, and it's fairly new. You go, you go to, you go to Europe, and there are buildings that are five, six, seven hundred years old. In St. Louis, it's a building's 20 years old. Oh, we'll tear it down. We'll put something else up. Just like the Columns. The, remember the Columns restaurant out there in St. Charles? You know, right there on, you know, I mean, they tore, that was like maybe 20 years old. Tore it down. The yeah. building, the building, I told you the story about the building I used to teach in when I was working for St. Louis Community College out in out in Chesterfield or wherever it was, right there at, at Clarkson and, and Clayton Road, the Frucon building. That building was like 10 years old when they tore it down. And that was like a big, massive, multi-million dollar building. I don't get it. I don't get it. <sighs> well, they're tearing perfectly good down, tearing down perfectly good QTs to redo them. Well, I can see that. I I totally understand that. <laughs> okay. It's six twenty. It's six twenty-eight. Westplex one hundred seven point one. It is BS in the morning. I'm Shelly. She's Brad. Six thirty-six. Good morning, Shelly. Good morning, Brad. How are you today? I'm doing fine. I listen to a guy on his podcast from time to time that says the two most important things in in your life are freedom and lifestyle. And, you know, it's interesting. Think about that for a minute. Freedom and lifestyle. And what's interesting is this guy is a multi, 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 multi-millionaire. Has a lot of money. And he says money buys you freedom and it buys you a lifestyle. That That's if, true. That if you don't have money, you you can think you're free, but you're really not. And the lack of money dictates the fact that your lifestyle is not necessarily what you want it to be. And I always thought it was interesting because he says, this is sort of a marketing kind of guru kind of guy. He says that what you should be doing is when you're selling things to people, you should be selling freedom and lifestyle to them. You should be sell, selling them, hey, if you buy... This new lawnmower, it'll cut down the amount of time you spend out there cutting your grass, and you'll have more time to sit on the couch and watch TV. You know, in other words, it'll cut down your, your amount of work, and it'll increase your pleasure, which is freedom and lifestyle. You have the freedom to sit and watch the TV and the lifestyle that, like, hey, I got a big screen. I got a you know refrigerator filled with brewskis. I got the life. I always thought that was interesting, you know, and it's interesting. That is interesting, actually. Well, when you talk to people, and I worked with a guy that would ask really interesting questions to people. He would, like, ask, you know, like, very, you know, like, not, hey, how you doing today? You know, he would say things like, hey, have you accomplished any of your goals today? And people look at him like, who the hell are you? (laughs) It was sort of one of those things where, you know, that's not, when you greet somebody, you know, hey, how you doing today? People, oh, I'm doing great. You know, like somebody say, hey, have you accomplished any of your goals today? People are like, goals? Well, I, I got out of bed and I took a shower and I got in my car and I went to work. Oh, you know, and that was sort of point he made that pe- most people don't, just like Damon John says in the radio station, you can't hit a target that you can't see, right? 
You got to have those goals. Is that who that is? That's Damon John. Yeah. And then the other guy in the station, the other guy on the station, I don't know if you know this or not. You know, you know who this is really? Hold on, I've got to find it. You don't really know. You don't know this. I've never told you this before. You know who this really is? Shelly, we listen online in our country. How do you say, you got it going on girlfriend? Rock on sister. I think that is hilarious. And that's Peter. <laughs> no, it's not really Peter. It's another friend of mine. Oh, what's his name? If I told you, the CIA would show up at your doorstep. Probably. <laughs> That's all I need. Thank you, Brad. <laughs> no, no problem. What's... Thank you for making me a tar Tarjay. <laughs> oh, Tarjay. <laughs> There's another place that tears buildings down and then rebuilds them. You know. They do. <laughs> don't don't you wonder? Um, uh, don't don't you don't you wonder um, if if um, if like people talk about, <laughs> I shouldn't tell this story. I won't tell the story. I get in trouble by telling that story about people and you clearly houses. get in trouble well, for no, 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 talking like, about any story. For example, if you go into areas of Kirkwood or Webster Groves or De Pere, you know, and even Ladue, the big thing is the teardowns. Somebody buys a house that you know that's like you know it's a, called a McMansion. Well, thirty, forty, fifty years old, and. They buy, you know, it's got sitting on two or three acres, and they buy the the house and the property for like two million dollars, and then tear the house down and build a new house. And matter of fact, there's an interesting article I read recently that's gotten to be like a huge controversy in Webster Groves because they want to change. I think that was on the ballot earlier this month. They want to change the zoning so that you can tear down a house and build a much bigger house on the same lot. And there are people going like, no, 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 this is getting because you know, quite honestly. If you've been in Webster Groves, most of the lots are not that big. You know, most of the lots in Webster Groves are relatively small homes. Uh, they're not big, monstrous houses that sit on great big lots, that sit on like three acres and things like that. And they, I think they passed that ordinance so you can tear down a house and like, I think it was to the point where you can actually double the square footage of the house. And sometimes they're talking about some of the houses are only going to be like, you know, with the, when they drop a new house in, they tear the old one down, drop a new house in. It's only going to be like two or three feet from the property line. Now, your house. That's awesome. You know, I'm sorry. Well, your house, like, you know, how, how, how much distance between you and your next door neighbor's house? Well, we have uh, half acre lots in our subdivision. Well, I mean, but, but. From from the side of your house to your next door neighbor's house, how many? I mean, you don't you don't have to be exact. Ten feet, twenty feet, forty feet, fifty feet, hundred feet. I come on, take a guess. Your car's twenty feet long. I can't guess because I really have no reference. Your car's twenty feet long, or you know, let's say your car's twenty feet long. How many cars sideways did you put between your house and your neighbor's house? Could you mm, put just one? Could you probably four? Okay, so so there's like eighty feet between you and your next door neighbor's house. I guess. Okay, can you imagine your next door neighbor being like like eight feet away from you, and they had their windows open in the spring, and and they were in a fight, and you had your windows open, and your bedroom window was next to their bedroom window, and you heard everything that went on in their bedroom. Really? <laughs> you know, Tiffany and I used to really, really go at it. Oh, and oh. it was funny because one of Tiffany's friends' dads, who's a neighbor of ours, he's like, "Yeah, 
I, he says, and he lives across the street and two houses up. Yeah. And he could hear me and Tiffany go at it. <laughs> he could recap the fights you had. Hey, I loved yes. it when you said that to Tiffany. And I thought Tiffany was pretty funny when she said that back to you. You go like, you could hear that? Oh, yeah, I heard the whole thing. Matter of fact, I got and, and had I known that because... <laughs> So if Tiffany was having a bad day, yeah. you know, teenage angst and all of that. Right, right. And this was before she started driving. Yeah. You know, she would be on the bus. Well, I would open up the garage door and <laughs> I shouldn't say this. I would open up the garage door and stand back far enough where she could see me but no one else. Yes. And I would moon her. No way. Yeah. What? So she would have a better day. Wow, I just got a great recording now. I have to flag the tape at 6.43. So she would get off the bus and you... No, she would get on the bus. She'd She'd be going to school. She'd get on the bus and you'd drop your drawers and moon her? Yes. (laughs) Nobody else could see me. Do you know, how long ago was that? 20 plus years ago. Okay, you know what? Do not... What? Do not mention what municipality that was you lived in at the time because there's probably some prosecuting attorney that's, that's <laughs> yeah, listening right now that's going to look up, see the statute of limitation for indecent exposure of a minor and, and yeah, a the minor. police are going to show up at your door this afternoon. Are you Shelly Barr? <laughs> are you the woman that admitted to mooning your daughter 22 years ago? Yes, sir, I am. Uh, turn around. <laughs> <laughs> hands together. You know, You know. do you have any sharp objects Please in your pockets? Please turn around, ma'am, and put your hands behind your back. <laughs> right, right. Any sharp objects in your pockets we should know about? Any weapons, knives, guns? <laughs> you, well, you know. You moved that, you know, your when daughter teenagers, when she got on the bus. teenagers, <laughs> you know, their whole life is a tragedy. Mine wasn't. Uh, you know, oh, Tiffany! Tiffany's life was just a tragedy. My, my, you know, here let me put it she's this way: she's so she's so um em, em, empathetic. Yeah. Em, um, empathetic. So she would sit there and feel everybody's emotions and stuff. Yeah. It was it was pretty funny actually. And she's like, "Mom, I can't believe you do that." Well, you know, my my senior year. I have to tell you something right now. I'm going to say something that I'm going to get myself in trouble with every school teacher. I've said it before. My senior year was an absolute positive waste. I mean, I mean. Well, that's because you're wicked smart and no, you no, pretty what? much had finished the curriculum well, he, except for what? Study hall? No, here's the goofy thing. My very first day of my senior year, I'm in my class. I remember like it happened yesterday. We had the intercom system in the classrooms. And I'm sitting in this class, you know, my very first. I mean, we just got in the class, bell rang. It's like second hour or something like that. And the lady comes over to the intercom, Mr. So and so. And he says, Yes. Do you have a brand, Hilda Brand, in your class? And he didn't know who I was at the time I was first. And he says, are that what are you and I raise my hand and he says yes and and the voice says can you send him down to the consular's office I go wow what's this about <laughs> okay so my very first day of school like second hour senior year so I go down and I meet this and keep in mind at the time I'm like I guess I would have been 17 okay I would have been 17 years old so okay. I go down I go down to my consular's office and here's this lady I can still remember her name Miss Franke F-R-A-N-K-E um and at the time, she was like probably maybe like four years older than me because of the fact she was a brand new consular, just graduated from college. So she was like 22, 23, something like that. So I sit down in her office and she smiles at me and she sits there for a minute, doesn't say anything. And she says, what are you doing here? 
And I go, well, you called me down. I don't know what I'm doing here. She goes, oh, no, no, no. Why are you in school? I go, well, I think I have to be. And she goes, you know, I've been looking. I've been going through some of my, stu- you know, my people or my students, or, you know, consular ease, whatever you want to call it. And you've had enough credits. You could have graduated last year. I go, what? And she says, yes, you could have graduated last year. I go, really? And she goes, and I go, like, well, can I graduate in December? No, you can't do that because you have to, you have to, at the time you had to declare graduation like a year ahead of time or some crazy weird stuff like that. And I go like, and that set the, the scene for my entire senior year. Like, what am I doing here? I'm just wasting my time. And Were you Board of Education? Oh, my. That's why I did the video. <laughs> I hated it. And to the point where. You should put that up on your Facebook page my, again. My senior year. I mean, this is really nerd stuff. I was in the St. Louis Science Fair. I won the 19. I won't say what year it was. The 1953 St. Louis Science Fair. Okay. I won the Science Fair. And I, I, I stayed home sick from school. Probably, you know, the second semester, you know, after the first of the year, I probably missed 50 days of school. I rarely went to school. I mean, literally, rarely went to school. And my mom was on board. She was like, you know, she was like, eh. I, uh, you know, she knew. I went a whole told of that story. She was, she says, you, you could have graduated last year. Yeah, I could have graduated a year early, you know. And I had enough credits because I took summer school and I took band and all sorts of weird stuff, you know. And I took extra credit classes and weird stuff like that. So I had enough credits. So she was like on board and she would write me notes and it got to the point, you know, you had to go to the print, you know, when you were sick, you had to go into the office and the day after you get back and, and got to the point where the secretary in the office, would, the running joke was my mom would put down a different illness every day. She would write down, he had a sore throat yesterday. You know, so I would go in and it was the same lady and I handed her this note and she'd say to me, okay, so what were you yesterday? Was it a cough? Was it a cold? Was it a sore throat? I go, I don't know, read the note. And she'd, re- oh, yesterday you had hay fever. Okay, okay, fine. And I, I would go back to class. Is that weird or what? <laughs> I put Shelly to sleep. No, you didn't. I had my, I had my thing turned down. I'm sorry. It was. Because I'm sitting here talking to you, and I'm like, why is he not responding? I couldn't wait because you had Shelly. Because I had my pot turned down. You know, there was a law in the state of Missouri that up until recently you had to keep your pot turned up all the time. And they just recently passed that law that you could turn your pot down. And so Shelly turns her pot down. But And just so you know, but, the pot that he's talking about is a potentiometer. No, 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 no. It's it's a, it's not it's not she's got two pots on her little console there. One's marked recreational and one's marked medicinal. So she can now <laughs> she can Top now bits. control her medicinal pot, but she better not touch that recreational pot. Otherwise the police will come and they'll grab her and they'll go, Are you the lady that moved your daughter twenty years ago? <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, I had to do something to get her out of her funk because teenagers will sit there and wallow for weeks. So you moon your daughter. She's getting on the bus. What was her reaction to that? (laughs) That's my mom. You know what? I'm going to call Tiffany. Call her. Is she at work today? No. I almost don't believe that story. Call her. Okay. It's 6.50. B.S. in the morning. It okay. is uh, Westplex 107.1, AM 1350 KRAP, and KSLQ 104.5 on the simulcast. Did I get them all right, Shelly? Um, it's called Trimalcast. Excuse and me. Yes. You're right. Yes, she's she's Brad. I'm Shelly. And together we make B.S. <laughs> okay. This is a non-B.S. story. 
and and you think I make this stuff up, I'm not, okay? Have you heard about the topless photos that Britney Spears has been putting on the internet? No. Four times in the last couple of weeks, and I'm looking at two of them right now, and this is a true story. No, 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 but, but here's the interesting thing. She's doing it for a purpose, okay? Now, first off, she is topless in the pictures, but she has her hands over her... Strategic, Girls? Yeah, over her strategic parts, okay? The one picture is her standing under a tree, and she's looking up at the camera, and she has her, and she's wearing like a pair of jean cutoff shorts. And the other picture, she's got her head back, and once again, she has her... And these are full frontal shots. She has her head, hands over her boobs, and she's wearing like a very small pair of panties and red boots that come up to her knees, okay? And why is she doing this? Exactly. It's interesting because it came out in her hearing, the conservatorship hearing, that, you know, because once again, her father and her father just stepped down. As her, if you know this bizarre story, Britney Spears. Oh, did he finally step down? Yeah, he finally stepped down. He Britney Good. Spears was declared essentially, I mean, I'm not totally accurate with this, but essentially she was declared mentally incompetent. And she had a conservative or a conservator appointed and was a father. And her father controls her life. Her father has all her money. And Brittany complained, if you remember the whole story, she was in court and she said she can't have any money. She can't, she can't, she doesn't have a credit card, yet she's worth, I don't know how many, tens of millions of dollars. She can't do anything because she's been declared mentally incompetent. And they said that one of the things came out in court that she had a boob job. And uh, and 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 she's showing these pictures online, essentially say, "Hey, look, I didn't have a boob job. This is another BS thing they're saying about me that I did not have a boob job. These are my natural boobs." And she's got these pictures. I'm thinking to myself, you know, I'm for her. I think that I I I said it before. I think she's a terrible situation. The way the courts are set up. I mean, here she's a functional person. She's making millions of dollars by performing in Vegas and things like that, and she doesn't. Have, she can't touch her money. You know, isn't this the land of freedom? I mean, like I get the court system that there are some people that are mentally incompetent to handle their own affairs. I get that, and yet you read about these stars all the time that you know, like Johnny Depp, that makes millions and millions, millions, millions of dollars, and now he's broke. And who was it? Nicholas Cage was like that. Remember Nicholas Cage? Millions uh-huh. and millions, millions. He's broke. Okay, so you know what? That's called life. Some people handle money well, others people don't. You know, and why should she be, and and it was interesting because in one of the hearings, she actually came out and she said, look, when I'm on tour, you know, I've, you know, there are people making all sorts of money for me. There are people driving the trucks, there are people setting up the equipment, there's the road crews, there's this, this, this. They make money, I don't. I'm going like, man, I agree with 100% on that. Everybody's getting paid, not her. You know what I mean? To me, it's like, it's like, that is sad. Anyway, so if you want to watch the, you want to go look at the, the, the topless pictures of, of, I am. Brittany. You see him? No. I'll send them to you. Along with the pictures of you mooning your daughter, 615. Westplex 107.1. John Mayer. Hard to believe that song is 20 years old. Can you believe that? It's, you know, it's really funny. It's almost like, um, you know, the Matrix. Yeah. The Matrix trilogy. Right. That's actually over 20 years old. Well, I mean, doesn't it seem like just yesterday that that song was on the radio? John Mayer? Yes, it God, does. You know what? He's the man's man. He's the man. You know when they say, he's the man. He's the man. Do you know, you know who he dated? I do. Who was it? You want the list? Okay, here we go. Vanessa Carlton. We played Vanessa Carlton, 2002. 
Jennifer Love Hewitt, 2002-2003. Hillary Clinton, 2004. Stop it. Rona Mitra. I don't even know who that is. Rona Mitra in 2005. Melania Vaintrub. Or Melana, V-A-Y-N-T-R-U-B. I don't know who she is. 2006. She was in The Life Happens, one of Mayor's many casual flings, blah, 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 blah. Jessica Simpson, he dated her for a while. 2006. Cameron Diaz in 2007. Minka Kelly. Do you know who Minka is? Derek's Jeter's no. ex and Friday Night Lights alum Minka Kelly. 2007. Jennifer Aniston, 2009. Uh, Shanna Marie, 2009. Um, Kamala Harris, 2010. Taylor Swift, 2009. Rashida Jones, 2009. He was busy in 2009. Miley Cyrus, 2009. Uh, Kim Kardashian. Kim Kardashian in 20... He dated Kim Kardashian in 2010. Didn't everybody date Kim Kardashian? <laughs> Rena Hammer. You know who Rena Hammer is? 2010. British makeup artist no. dated Mayor for a short time, though their relationship was nothing serious. Katy Perry. They were together for three years. 2015, 2012, 2015. Um... Tiffany uh, uh, Tiffany Barr, 2016 to 2017. Do you know your Oh, please. Do you know your daughter dated John Mayer? <laughs> You're funny. <laughs> and, you know, I have to tell you, I don't think the guy's the best-looking guy in the world. I think he looks like he, 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 he snuck out of an insane asylum. He has, it's he, not about how a person looks, Brad. He has this weird look in his face like, oh, yeah. do you think I'm crazy? Yeah, I'm crazy, all right. I'm crazy. Yeah, I'm pretty crazy. I'm, I'm John Mayer. Crazy guy. Just like that new, that knuckle cake, that knuck, knucklehead that yesterday, did you hear about this in D.C.? Drove his pickup truck up on the, on the, the, uh, the, the sidewalk next to the, what, the National Library, Library Congress or something like that. And he started live streaming. I shouldn't laugh because it's not funny. It's actually to the point where it's like, okay, dude, guess what? You're going to be in a cell for a long time. Maybe you never get out. He drives his pickup truck up on the sidewalk and gets online and starts doing a live, uh, I think it was a Facebook live, and he's telling everybody he's got explosives in oh. his truck and he's going to blow the truck up and he's going to you know, take out the block. So I'm like, like, okay, dude, guess what? Guess where you're going, and guess where you're not going to get out for a long time. You're going to the Gray Bar Hotel, and especially in light of all the crazy weird stuff, the heightened sensitivity to, you know, after, especially after 9-11, we're coming up on the 20th anniversary and all the other crazy things that happened, you know, Oklahoma City and things like that. You know, there's a very dim view of stuff like that. And it turned out he had a propane tank in the back of his truck that, I think I read the story before I went to bed last night that they're still not exactly sure what was in his truck because they're afraid his truck may be booby-trapped because they finally talked him out of it, and, you know, he walked away from it. And go like, Anyway, he looks like, matter of fact, when I saw the picture, the guy go, that's John Mayer. I'm kidding. <laughs> You're so funny. <laughs> he looks like he just got out of the loony bin. You can't say loony bin anymore. That's That's illegal. Okay. Now, so does that mean Looney Tunes needs to be renamed? Well, you know, so many of the cartoons, if you watch any of the like, it's funny you should bring that up because there's so many of the cartoons that used to be like, ha-ha, funny, funny, they're now gone. You can't watch them anymore. It's just like there's episodes of The Simpsons that have taken off you can't find anymore. Do you know that? That doesn't surprise me because The Simpsons were pretty risque. Well, there's this whole thing with, what's his name, Hank Azaria, who no longer, there's no longer the, you know, the, the Quickie Mart guy, Apu, is gone. 
because he came out. Oh, I, I feel that I've been a terrible person. I made fun of, I made fun of of, of his his. I made fun of his heritage. You know, <laughs> remember when? Remember, remember Joe Biden? Actually, there's a quote of his where he said, "You can't go into a 7-Eleven and you have to speak uh, another foreign language to understand what the people of 7-Eleven work, you know, are from." I don't. I can't remember the exact quote. Joe Biden said that. Well, that's kind of true. Well, if Donald Trump said that, oh my God, it's terrible, terrible, terrible. You know, but if <laughs> Joe Biden says, "Okay, Joe," you know, God, you know what's interesting to me. I I've been shocked this week. I'm a news junkie. I you know I look. I try to get all angles of the story. When there's a story out, I look at Fox. I look at CNN. I look at MSNBC. Sometimes I'll even go to like some of the foreign uh, press. You know, Guardian. You know, Mail. You know, all those different sites. And I'll try to sort of get okay. They're trying to spin it this way. For a long time, if if um, Joe Biden, you know, uh, dropped his door drawers and mooned his daughter. Like Shelley did to her daughter. Nobody. Oh my God! Are you gonna like live on that or what? <laughs> Nobody would say anything, and they. Oh, Joe's a great president. They're tearing him apart on CNN. I mean, CNN.com is like ripping him apart. You know, Joe Biden. Yes. I mean, they are like going after him. I mean, like why? Because I thought they were pro. Well, apparently, Democrat. He stepped over the line where he's gotten. He's made such a bad, you know, debacle of this whole, you know, Afghanistan thing. They're even going like, okay, we're in the bag for Joe. Everybody knows that we're in the bag for Joe. But you know what? Joe just crossed the line. It would be like a friend of yours who was like always like, you know, had gotten trouble. You know, you know, got you know, you know, was got a bunch of speeding tickets. Got you know, pulled over for, you know, having, you know, open containers in his, in his car. You go, yeah, that's, 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 that's Jim. That's Jim's just sort of like that. And then all of a sudden you read in the paper, Jim, you know, uh, you know, robbed 10 banks and smashed his car into, uh, you know, the St. Louis City Hall and was chasing people around in the City Hall with a baseball bat. You'd go, okay, I don't want to talk to Jim anymore. Jim's no longer my friend. You know what I mean? He crossed yep. the line. He got to the point where, like, you don't want anything to do with Jim anymore. Jim's just gone too far. You know, Jim was, sort of like, you know, sort of a, a rascal kind of guy. Now, all of a sudden, Jim has crossed the line, and now he's, like, you know, bizarro weirdo, and we don't talk to Jim anymore. Right? Of course. And you know who Jim is? Uh, I have no idea. Hold on a minute. Okay. Da, da, da. Okay, here we go. We're hitting the phone. See what happens there. See if she answers. We're calling Shelly's daughter. <laughs> I don't think she's going to answer. What do you think? Could you let the phone ring? I'm letting it ring. Hear it? It's four ringy dingies. I don't think she's going to answer. Five ringy dingies. Miss Gaines, this is uh, Inspector Smith of uh, the local FBI office. We have a report that your mother, uh, about 20 years ago, would moon you on your way to school. We're investigating this case. Can you please call me back at the local FBI office? Thank you so much. Bye. <laughs> She's going to get that and go, oh, my God. <laughs> They're coming after my mother for one of her antics. <laughs> 
I used to do all kinds of things to Jill. It sounds like I never, it. I never wanted her to be um, <laughs> take herself too seriously. Well, you know, I can I give you a compliment on that? Sure. I think that's a great way to be because, you know, nowadays, you know who I'm talking about. We have some people in that we know who take themselves way too seriously, right? Yes. And the interesting yes, part do. of it was... I shared with you the person who texted me last night. I told you who that was. Yep. And he complimented me on one thing. And the same thing, the other person is like coming un- coming unglued. You know, yeah, it's the, like, the, right. And the, it's, the vein in the forehead is popping. Well, it's like, you know, the veins in the, in the sides of the neck. It's like life is too short. Life is too short, and you you know life you, is too short. Well, you hear these goofy stories about about you know there was what there was a story, a couple weeks ago, and I'm not making light of this. I think this is sad about two neighbors that got into a fight. This is up in North North, North County. Two neighbors got into a fight because their lawn guy, when he would cut the grass, he wouldn't turn the chute the right way, and it would put grass clippings in the guy's driveway. And they got into a fight, and one guy went to his truck and shot the other guy dead. I'm going like, okay. Oh, no. Yes, bizarre, weird stuff. Like, we're talking like grass clippings on the driveway, okay? Like, how weird is that, okay? I have, I won't, <laughs> I, well, I won't, I won't give the circumstances, but I personally, within the last two weeks, have been harassed by someone that I used to live next to. And I mean, nasty kind of stuff. And I tried to ignore it and he just would not let it go. He just kept after me. And so finally I just started talking weird stuff to him. I just started, you know, saying weird, weird, weird stuff. And he was like, what? What kind of weird stuff, Brad? I told him it looked like a beautiful day today, didn't it? You know, see, I, I follow this guy. I follow this guy on, on YouTube and the guy's name is John Correa. And what he does is he teaches a self-defense class, and it's called ASP, Active Self-Protection. And what he does is he teaches you, and one of the things he talks about all the time is he runs these videos all the time, of these situations that turn into like literally shootouts where people pull guns and they're shooting each other and the whole bit. And he always talks about you want to practice verbal jujitsu. You want to practice verbal jujitsu where you try to de-escalate the situation and like let's say you're in a store and somebody bumps into you and you say hey man i'm sorry and they go hey you 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 bumped into me you don't you don't go like dude i didn't mean it you just say like hey man you know it's a nice day today isn't it so you try to essentially you know try to not go where the guy wants to go because once again it's once one of brad's rules of of brad's rules of of common sense people elicit the response from you that they want if i go up to you and I say that, you know, you're an ugly person and you shouldn't be roaming the face of the earth, you're going to get mad at me. So in other words, I've gotten a reaction from you that I wanted. Get what I'm saying? And, yes. And his angle is that what you try to do, you try to de-escalate it verbally. You don't respond directly to what they're saying. You don't say, well, I'm sorry, but if your butt wasn't so big, I wouldn't run into it. You, know, you don't do stuff like that, you know, because that's going to just make things worse, right? You try to de-escalate it. And what's really interesting is that if you read these stories like of these of these like law enforcement guys, like the FBI guy, there's a famous guy that um, teaches a course right now. He used to be one of the F- uh, FBI uh, negotiators. He was one of the hostage negotiators. And he's got a course he teaches in a little bit. He essentially talks about the same thing. 
that what you try to do is you try to essentially stay calm. You don't, when you see when somebody's trying to, you know, lead you down a, a path that you know it's going to get nasty if you keep going that way. And obviously, it's human nature that if, you know, somebody bumps into the store and then they, you know, and it was honest to God, you know, an accident. You didn't see them. They walked in front of you. Your, your shopping cart hit them by accident. You know, you came around a corner. I mean, it happens all the time. And, but you get some hothead that wants to turn it into, you know, World War Three. You know that you that your first thing is to try to de-escalate it, and then the situation is then you 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 go from there. If he can't de-escalate it, then he talks about you know if you're like 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 for example, they showed this video of these two guys that got into a little bit of a of a shouting match at a gas station, and and the one guy walks away, and this is shot on the on the the video system of the of the uh, the, the gas station, and you see the one guy walk away from the car. And he walks out of the shot of the camera, and he walks back into the in the frame with a gun, you know. So so it's like, okay, this is not going to turn out well. And he starts it's waving. It's called diffusion of anger. Well, he starts waving the gun around at the other guy, and the other guy is like, you can see, like the other guy with his hands up, like, hey man, hey man, you know, like like his hands up, like you know, like like up and you know, like like back off, you know, things are fine, things are great, things are wonderful. And then all of a sudden, the guy points the gun. The guy ducks into his car, pulls out a gun. And shoots him and kills him. I mean, in other words, the guy who was being harassed, you know, you know, and the point being, and the guy goes through these videos, this John Korea guy goes through the videos and say, okay, look what he did here. He did this right, did this right, this right. But the but but he didn't initially shoot him. The guy shot at him first. And he talked about how, you know, keep in mind your windows and your car aren't gonna get protection. You know, and he ducks behind the fender of his car. The guy shoots, you know, the the guy who ultimately got killed, who was the aggressor, you know, fires a couple rounds at him, misses him, shoots through the car, you know, shoots through the fender, and then the guy comes around the back of the car and and, and shoots the guy and gets a shot and the guy stumbles off and dies. And the point being is, and they, he, you know, he gives what happened. The police showed up. They arrested the guy at first. Then, then they've reviewed the, the camera. You know, they had witnesses that this guy was, you know, being a jerk. He was being antag- antag- antagonistic. He did leave the scene, go back to his car, get a gun out, come back, escalate the whole bit. You know, boom. And the guy got, you know, the guy didn't even get charged. You know, I mean, there's a weird case going on right now in St. Louis and Webster Groves. You know about this one? No. Uh, last week. Guy supposedly shot an intruder into his house in Webster Groves, killed him. Now the police are getting tight-lipped about it. What did you just say? I'm so sorry. Last week, a guy, a homeowner, said there was a guy that broke into his house, a burglar, and he told the guy to leave, and the guy wouldn't leave, and he shot him and killed him. This is. Did he drag him inside the house, well, no, or was no. he already in? Well, I don't know, because, because at first they said... The police said, you know, it looked like a burglary in progress, and the homeowner defended himself because we've got, in Missouri, we've got the castle law and all that kind of good stuff. Anyway, now the Webster Groves police, I read this the other day. This happened over the weekend. Now the Webster Groves police have gone silent on it. They're not talking to reporters, which usually means they're doing further investigation and they're checking, they're, you know, they're checking to see exactly maybe there are things in the story they didn't miss. Who knows? But, you know, once again, it's to the point where there's crazy nuts out there running around. I mean, you know, you read these stories of people like, you know, like the, the, like at a stoplight in a city. You know, somebody pulls up next to them, drags them out of the car and shoots them in the head. I mean, what's with that? You know, I mean, like like they're just minding their own business. You know, you look at them the wrong way. You know, they, hey, are you looking at me the wrong way? No, I'm looking at it the right way. I'm sorry, sir. Say some smart ass like that. I get myself shot, right? Pretty much. I'm surprised you haven't gotten yourself shot already. Really? <laughs> I'm just saying. Really? Why would you say that? <laughs> <laughs> Why do you think I'd say that, Brad? I, but I don't do that kind of stuff. 
Okay. When I'm on public, I'm, you know, like, I, you know, I'm, no, you do behave yourself. Unlike myself. I'm, you know, I'm like, I'm like, you know, I mean, I had somebody the other day, I had a, I had a, um, you know, a dude at one of the quickie marts, one of the quickie marts I go to, there's all these homeless guys hanging out there. And this guy was like on my case, you know, and the crazy thing is I'd given him money That's before. Because you took his corner. <laughs> no, that wasn't the same guy. <laughs> and the guy's like walking to me to my car. And at that point in time, I'm thinking to myself, okay, this is not going to be good. And he followed me back to my car and, you know, I turned around and squared off in front of him. And I go, I go, Hey man, I've given you the money before, you know, I don't have any money to give you right now. I'm sorry. And he sort of looked at me and goes, you don't have any money. I go, no. Well, how'd you buy the gas? I used my credit card. Okay. And he walked away. Now the guy could have, you know, pulled out a knife, come at me. He could have, you know, pulled out a hundred dollar bill and say, Hey, you're on candid camera and we just wanted to see what we do. You know? <laughs> or could have been Dr. Phil, you know, could have pulled off the mask. Hi, it's Brad, it's Dr. Phil. And we're doing a documentary on people being harassed at gas stations. Oh, Dr. Phil, come here, let me give you a big hug. Oh, I love you, Dr. Phil. <laughs> let me give you a big hug. <laughs> yeah, because you're a hugger. <laughs> yeah, Dr. Phil. Oh, huh? I'm jealous of people like that. I'm I'm jealous what, of they can hug? No, I'm jealous of Dr. Phil. He's a tool. <laughs> I'm jealous of them. I'm jealous You're of You're jealous of a tool? I'm jealous of Dr. Phil. You know who I'm jealous of? You know, I found somebody new to be jealous of. Mr. Beast. Do you know who Mr. Who? Mr. Beast? I have no idea. Next break, I'll tell you the Mr. Beast story. I had no idea who Mr. Beast was yesterday until I heard a guy in a talk show talk about this is his, his kids. All they watch anymore is Mr. Beast videos. And I'm going like, okay, I'm a video guy. Who is Mr. Beast? I'll tell you next break. 725. Westplex 107.1, AM 1350 crap, and KSOQ, all part of the Trimal cast on BS The Morning. And the web address is bsthemorning.show. Did I get that right, Shelly? You absolutely did. You know who that was singing in that song? I do not. That was Troy Savan. That was Regard. And that was Tate McRae. You know what? But was oh, it, we go way back. But, you know, Tate McRae is not a real name. Her first name is Tate. And her re- middle name is Reba, and her last name is really Tot. Is that a joke? No. Her name's Tate Reba Tot. And the reason she changed her name to McRae is because people were calling her Tater Tot, because she was Tate R. Tot. I knew it was <laughs> a joke. Stop it. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> there's this commercial I heard yesterday, and it's it's this it's this site it's a, a website, and it's it's about fatherhood, and it's these kids telling it's this it's like, it's a son and, and and father telling dad jokes back and forth, and it's pretty funny, you know, and it, the whole commercial that like it's like sixty second commercial, it's like a PSA, and forty five seconds of it just the kids you know the kid telling a joke and then the dad tells a joke and they go back and forth. And the guy comes on at the end, Mr. Announcer dude comes on at the end and said, yeah, you know, you should teach your kids to have fun and laugh. And sort of like what you said before. What would you say you, 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 you tried I, to do? I did that so Tiffany wouldn't take to think of her too right. seriously of herself. Right. And to a certain extent, I did goofy things with my kids. You know, for the same reason. I can reason. see that about you. Oh, my God. I can tell you, my, I, to this day, if my daughter would ever talk to me again, see, she won't ever talk to me again. But <laughs> I do this thing. If, if, if she got mad at me, you know what I'd do? I would do what? I would do the daddy dance because she was a dancer, and 
it's the worst dance in the world, and it's so embarrassing. She'd go, and she, and at first when I started doing it, she'd get mad. She'd go, stop that! And I'd do this goofy dance, and then finally she'd start to laugh because, it, you know, I was so goofy when I danced because I was such a terrible dancer, but I would just accentuate my bad dance move that she got to the point where it brought a smile to her face, and she'd ultimately laugh. So that was called the daddy dance. And, See, and, we all do things for and, our kids. You just had a different and way about you than Sometimes I did. if my kids were like not. Like you could not moon your daughter. I couldn't moon my, because that would be, I'd be in jail over that because it's different when it's yeah, guy. Yeah, like if I had guy. a son, I wouldn't have mooned right. him. <laughs> I got another quote. I couldn't moon my, or I have to pull all these off and put these into the machine. Okay, so anyway, the point being, especially, I would really get her if she was mad at me and we're out in public and I'd start doing the daddy dance. Like if I was in a mall, I'd just get in the middle of the mall and start doing the daddy dance. And oh my God, she'd go, oh, stop it, stop it, stop it, stop it, stop it. She'd get so embarrassed. Daddy dance. Yeah. To this day, you want me to just do the daddy dance for you sometime? I do. <laughs> you can video it and you can show everybody how weird it oh is. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so Facebook Live. Okay. Mr. Beast. Mr. Beast's real name is, you ready for this? Jimmy Donaldson. He was born May 7th, 1998. Uh, he is now 23 years old. He is a multi-millionaire. Okay? And why is that? Because, let me just read you the first paragraph off of Wikipedia. Jimmy Donaldson, born May 7th, 1998, better known online as Mr. Beast, is an American YouTuber, businessman, and philanthropist. He has been credited with pioneering a genre of YouTube videos that center on expensive stunts. He is also the founder of Mr. Uh, Mr. Beast Burger and the co-creator of Team Trees, a fundraiser for Arbor Day Foundation, which has raised over $23 million. He's 20, what, 22, 23 years old, 23 years old. He's managed by Dallas-based talent management company, Night Media. He started doing videos when he was 13 years old. Uh, and right now he has, I looked at it yesterday because I heard these two guys talking about the fact that how things have changed, that when they grew up, they would watch the old, the old, the old Looney Tunes, you know, uh, mm-hmm. you know, cartoons. And now his kids who are both single digits watch Mr. Beast videos and his average video gets tens of millions of views. He right now is just shy as of yesterday. I think he had 69.7 million viewers. Total, Yowza. total, total, total views to his his two channels. He's got two channels, um, sixteen point five billion views. Sixteen point five billion views. I mean, can you imagine that? And and uh, here here here. Donaldson began posting videos to YouTube in early 2012 at age 13 under the handle Mr. B6000. His early content ranged from let's plays to videos estimating the wealth of other YouTubers. He went viral in 2017 after his counting to 100,000 video earned tens of thousands of views in just a few days. Blah, 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 blah. Donaldson, get this, Donaldson hired several of his childhood friends to help him run the growing brand. As of 2020, the Mr. Beast team is made up of 30 people. He has 30 people working for him. Now, if you watch the video, and I watched the video yesterday because I'm like, oh, who's Mr. Beast? I'm a YouTube guy. I love YouTube. I've never heard of Mr. Beast before. So I watched the video, and the video yesterday was he gets a retired FBI agent and essentially says, starts off the video by saying, hey, look, if you can catch me, I'm going to give you $100,000 in cash. And he has a backpack that is filled with $100,000, you know, $100 bills. And he says, if you can catch me, this, 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 this money is yours. And you know, this guy's a retired FBI agent. Looks like he's probably in his 50s wearing a suit, you know. And Mr. Beast is a guy, you know, young-looking dude, got a, you know, beard, mustache, old bit. 
and enter at some house. Like it's his house. And he says, okay, you got to give me a 10-minute head or 10-second head start or something like that. So him and his buddy run out of the house, and they jump into and they run through the woods, and they get in a car, and the first thing they do is they drive down. They're in a rural area somewhere. They drive down the street, and then he has a telephone pole that he's rigged so that when he pulls this rope, the telephone pole falls across the street, and, you know, and then the FBI agent's got a bunch of, guys young guys with him like five guys in the car so they come up to the telephone pole and you know and they they pick up the telephone pole and move it you know so and they're just chasing him and he goes to some maze where he goes in the maze and he's taunting the guy like at times like he's like you know 100 feet away from the fbi agent but he jumps into his car and he takes off and one time they go to a, a storage locker and they put themselves in boxes and they get shipped out in a truck you know i mean and it's this like it the thing goes on for like 20 minutes and it ends where he rents I believe one of the football stadiums, this guy rented the stadium, okay? If you've ever tried to rent a stadium, it ain't cheap. So he rents the stadium, and he has all these cutouts, like, of him put all over the stadium in seats. And then the FBI guy shows up, and they chase him around, and, you know, and, they, and they're going down this hall. And I mean, you got to watch the whole thing. And then finally at the end, he sits in one of the seats looking like he's a cutout, and the FBI agent figures out who he is, and Mr. Beast gives him $100,000 cash. And that's the video. And quite honestly, it's very well done. Uh, obviously, it's staged. It's phony baloney stuff. It's like reality TV. There's there's things. It's for entertainment purposes only. Right. There's things where you go like, okay, that wouldn't have happened. Okay, the FBI guy wouldn't have done that. Okay, there's no way. Because in one thing, like they show up at this at this storage place. It's like they got, got U-Haul trucks. And, and the FBI agent, you know, runs in and he says, hey, he says, did a guy just come in? Yeah, he's downstairs in the locker. So, you know, the FBI goes, I mean, the guy's, well, I'm a federal agent and you have to go downstairs with me. So they go down, it's like, it's like storage wars. And the guy goes downstairs with the grinder and grinds off the lock and they open up the storage locker. And there's like a, like a whiteboard on an easel saying, hey, I just left and you just missed me. You know, it's like obviously all stage. And then they have a video of like him being loaded into the back of a, of a cargo van and him and his buddy are in boxes. They, they put themselves in shipping crates and they got, and the thing that was, when you go back and look at the video, you see the ship crates being loaded into the van as the FBI dude drives up. So in other words, it's like you know, they saw this, they saw this, this two big shipping crates being loaded in the back of this van as the FBI dude drives up in his SUV, and it's like, you know, it's like foreshadowing. It's like, okay, you know, because you don't realize what's happened at the time. And then, you know, and then and later they show him, like, you know, they have an inside shot. I'm in this shipping shipping container, and the guy doesn't know I'm in here. You know, and, they, and he's bumping around, and they put him in the back of the van, and the van's going down. It's just, you have to watch the thing. And once again, I can see where this is like, you know, kids, like, especially like, preteens would like really get into this stuff because it's it's there's nothing nasty with it it's all sort of fun it's all sort of like you know like you know it, and it to a certain extent it talked about i talked about old cartoons it sort of reminded me of the roadrunner you know where you know with wiley coyote exactly wiley coyote is chasing the roadrunner and what yes. does the roadrunner do he does all sorts of crazy stuff to you know to delay wiley coyote to you know i mean obviously he's real big on sticking that tongue out i don't understand right. that obviously mr beast is not dropping anvils on the fbi agent's head you know thank goodness for that you know but it's just it's just sort of like and i'm going like okay here we go once again and what's what what i find fascinating about it is 
Here's a guy who's 23 years old, have his own company. He has 30 people working for him. He makes millions of dollars. Remember, we had we had Mr. The History Guy on here, who remember uh, uh, who told the story about how he lost his job. He got he got laid off, and he loved doing history, so he started doing videos in his basement. This is his full time job. You know, he has he has people working for him. He has writers that work for him. His I think his sister in law who's not very happy with me. That's a whole other story. Remember I told you that story? She told me never call him again. Yes. <laughs> yes. I'm like, does she not know who he is? Who I am? And I meant that with all sincerity. Nobody cares who I am, but I thought it was sort of funny. Here I get the guy on the air. They I give do, him, but uh, and, and what's, you don't what's interesting so. about it is that video I put up got the most video hits I've gotten in a long time because people because the story was I thought this was some guy on the West Coast. Turns out he lives over in Fallon, Illinois. He's a local guy. He used to work in downtown St. Louis, worked for Blue Cross Blue Shield, and he worked for some health plan they had on Blue Cross. He was an executive. I mean, the guy's probably in his early 50s, and he's really good at what he does, he, and he's a history buff. And he does these histories. He does them in his, in his basement over in Fallon, Illinois. You know, and, and, I, you know, and once again, he, t- I, he would not tell me how much he made. But I said to him, I go, are you making more money than you were when you were an executive? Okay, you figure he's an executive Blue Cross Blue Shield. I mean, he's got to be making high five figures, low six. Wouldn't you think? If he's like an executive at like a big company like that, making like Easy. You know, 70, 80, 90, $100,000 a year. Okay? You know, he's, oh, if he's an executive company for whom? Blue Cross Blue Shield. He's making six figures twice. Well, I would think so. I think, And he said he's, he's making more money now than when he was working for for the man working for Blue Cross Blue Shield. Really? Right, right. You know, once again, and what's crazy about it is you can never get a straight answer from these YouTuber guys. And for a while, I was going to do that. I was going to, you know, because we interviewed a couple guys, and I backed off on it because you know why? None of these guys would give me a straight answer. They all danced around that. How much you make? Well, it depends. You know, just tell me, you know, rough number. Well, you know, it depends on on how many, you know, who, who watch your videos. No, 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 just tell me. Give me a range. You know, 50,000, 100,000. Well, it depends. I'm going like, okay, nobody's going nobody's gonna to tell me. So, like, I don't have any, I, you know, I gave up on that. Matter of fact, it was my, I had a YouTube channel. It was called They Do What? And I actually did a couple of videos on whole bit. I thought to myself, I think I still have a website for that. I've maybe taken it down. And, and nobody would tell me what they were making. I mean, like, for example, you, you, know, you read about, and I think this is the thing that's sort of bothersome to me. You want to know how much Yadier Molina makes a year? You can find that out real easy. You can find exactly what his contract is, the whole bit. You want to find out what the President of the United States makes? 400000 you want to find out what Dr. Fauci makes? Four hundred twenty-five thousand. He's the richest. He's the, the highest-paid government employee in the entire country. You want to find out what what your teacher makes? You know that teaches your kids in the high school, whatever. You go online. You can find that out. You want to know what the superintendent of your school district makes? You can find that out. It's all online. You want to know what what Steve Elman, county executive, makes? Bonk. You can find that out. Okay. These guys are all like, well, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, why is this so secretive? Why won't they talk about this? Isn't that the idea of like, hey, I'm making a lot of money. How much? Well, I can't tell you. So I gave up on it. I think you probably gave up too quickly. Well, but but once again. Never give up, never surrender, Brad. But that's the point of it is if I say, if I say I'm making a lot of money and you say how much and I say, well, I'm making a lot. I mean, that's relative to some kid in high school. If, you know, a lot of money is $20,000 a year to somebody who's, you know, our age, $20,000 a year is like, eh, that's nothing, you know. I mean, just like I talk about Del Wamsley. Remember where I talked about him when I, when yes. I when I called him up and talked to him. He tells you exactly how much money he's making. Well, I made twenty million dollars last year. Really? Yeah. Oh yeah, twenty million dollars. 
Matter of fact, he's got a video where he talks about the poor guy got cancer. And he talks about the fact that he got cancer. And he made, and the year he got cancer, he was in the hospital, like most of the year, okay? And he made $8 million. He talks about that. He says, because my life is set up for passive income. I've set my life up so I don't have to go to work anymore. I don't have to go to work. I've got the investments. I got these apartment buildings I own. I own, own these rental properties. And the money just pours in. And it's passive income. And I was in the hospital. I almost died. I was in the hospital for a better part of, you know, six months. And I made $8 million. Now, how many people, if they end up in the hospital, you, me, you know, all of a sudden, if I end up at the hospital and can't run these radio stations, I'm not going to make zero. Matter of fact, I'm going to go out of business. You know, the electric company's going to turn off the transmitters. You know, you know, everybody's going to, you know, people are going to foreclose on me, that kind of stuff. I'm gone. I'm done, you know? And, and that, to me, is a fact of life, you know? I mean, and I know some people, I don't want people to know how much money I make. Come on. This is, this is edge of the Internet. You work for a company, we know exactly how much money you make, right? Only if they're... Um... Like a state or federal agency? No, even private sector. You can wait. Well, matter of fact, I shouldn't say this, but I have a good friend of mine that works at Brinks. He's one of the Brinks armored car guys. Mm-hmm. Every, every once in a while, he's on the route that delivers the money bags to Shelly's house. And he talks about how, how sometimes Shelly will, I mean, they, have, they, they don't have one of the small Brinks trucks. They have one of the big Brinks trucks. And Shelly came out and yelled at him one day, you're breaking the concrete in my driveway when you back up that Brinks truck to my, my garage. And she, you know what she did? What'd she do? She mooned the guy. <laughs> right, Brad. I would never do that. <laughs> Just like she did her daughter, 745. It's BS in the Morning. I'm Shelly. She's Brad. The web address for the uh, morning show is bsinthemorning.show. You know, I love country music for that reason. I heard that when she sang her first concert and started singing that song, because that's what made her famous, she just she's the, people said that the emotion was so raw in that um concert that they that everybody started crying well, because she started crying country music back and it's getting back it's getting out of the bro country to- song where every song was about hey baby i'll pick you up in my pickup truck i got 34 inch tires let's go out and get stuck in the mud somewhere come over here sit next to me in my truck put your pretty little toes on the dashboard that was what every other country song was but good country music to me is storytelling. And that is the ultimate storytelling. Because can't you see her like whacking that baseball bat to the, to, the, to, the, to the headlights of that truck? Can't you see her like poking holes in the tires? I mean, can't you see her like, you know, carving her name into his leather seats? I mean, can't you just visualize? I can. I mean, it's just like, and then can't you see like, you know, uh, the, the gal that he's, the new gal he's dating. She's like, and I want to say this, this would be disrespectful as a man, but sort of a floozy kind of gal, you know what I mean? Like, ah, can you show me how to play pool? I don't know how to do this. You know what I mean? I do. Am I in trouble for saying that? <laughs> can, can, I tell you, can I tell you a weird story? I can remember exactly where I was when I heard that song for the first time. I was where? On, I was on Westbound 70, about midway between Columbia and Kansas City. I was with my daughter and her mother, and we were driving to... Can't, we were driving to, ultimately we were driving to, I, was it Sulphur Springs, Missouri? It's, it's like, it's to the northeast of Kansas City. You go to Kansas City, you take 435 up around this, the north side, and you go, and, and my daughter was competing. This was her last year. She was a senior that year, and she was in the Missouri State Championship for dance squads, because that's what she did. She was the dance, you know, dance 
squat gal, whatever. And we went to this, I think it was Sulphur Springs, Missouri. And we went to this little podunk city, which was originally like some kind of city famous for like having resorts where they have these springs that supposedly were like back in the day, you know, you get this water. If you're, if you were sick, you bathe in this water and you made you healthy. If you have cancer, it cured your cancer, weird stuff like that. So we got this little podunk town. It's probably, I don't know, 60, 70 miles northeast of Kansas city. And they had the most amazing high school. The building was like, oh, my God. And the football field was like this beautiful football stadium with monstrous stands and a, a tartan turf, you know, the you know the real expensive turf field. I'm going like, holy cow. You know, it was the most amazing high school stadium I've ever seen in the middle of nowhere. Anyway. Hey, yeah. um, not to change the subjects, but Tiffany said that she would answer the phone <laughs> if you called. Okay. <laughs> Hold on a minute. <laughs> Did she just text you? Oh. Yep. <laughs> okay, here we go. Okay. <laughs> this could be interesting. Okay. Well, she's not real good at answering the phone right away. So <laughs> I think, you sure that wasn't somebody just playing with you? No. I said, can you answer the phone? And she said, yes. <laughs> she's not answering the phone. Where is she? Hi, you've reached Tiffany. <laughs> try, try her again, really. Shelly, you speak with forked tongue. Your daughter. I do not. Your daughter's, call her again. Your daughter's playing us. She's just playing us. She's not going to talk to us. She's not playing us. She's playing us. Your daughter's playing us. If you don't know what we're talking about. Shelly made the comment earlier last hour in the show that she, when her daughter was in a bad mood, when her daughter would get on the bus, she would stand in the garage and moon her daughter as she got into the bus. Hey, Tiffany, look at this. Right? <laughs> yes, that's pretty much how it went, too. But I would stay inside of the garage where only she could see me. I'd go, hey, Tiff, and she'd turn around, and I'd go, drop, drop, trow. Hi, you've reached Tiffany Gaines. Okay, Tiffany, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Shelly. Tiffany's playing you. That was a big fat lie. She's playing you. She's not unless she had some baby thing to do. Uh, she's playing you. She's playing you. So, <laughs> okay. So my story I was going to do, uh, we'll do it next week, which is pretty interesting. The guy that goes to take his Corvette, his brand new 2021 Corvette, into the dealership to get it repaired, and you're not going to believe what happened. It's it's a it's I think it's it's. First off, it's a car guy story. I'm a car guy. But it's an any person story because this is, once again, the world of technology that people don't quite understand that, like, you're never alone anymore. You're always on video. And it's actually sort of a bizarre, weird story. Especially if you have an A-L-E-X-A. What is that? Really? What, what did Can you, you not spell? No, what was it? What, what, did, huh? you, what did you spell? Alexa. Oh, 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 oh. I, I, should spell, I thought you spelled P-O-O-P. No, I didn't. <laughs> but thank you for activating my, my machine. Hey, Alexa, what does a fox say? What did she do? What did, say that again because she responded. Hey, Alexa, snort like a pig. Did she do it? Can you repeat that? Alexa. Who's the best person in the world? You're definitely in the top 10. Really? 
Alexa, yeah. why did Shelly moon her daughter when she got under the bus to go into high school? What'd she say? She didn't say anything. Alexa, she says you're stupid. Stop it. Alexa, will you moon me? Um, <laughs> <laughs> she has nothing to say. That's what Alexa has nothing to say. She's like your daughter. And by the way, it wasn't just high school. It was junior. It actually started probably in junior high. Hold on. I because just... that's when they, that's like, they're, they're like, you know, 11 to 13. Oh my God. And I... then their whole world changes. I just got a text from your neighbor that had pictures of it. Oh my God. Look at this. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know my neighbors. Oh, oh, oh. It's true. <laughs> oh, hold on, hold on. We've only lived here for almost twenty, what, twenty nine years. Hold on, I hold can on. name three neighbors I know. I can name my my neighbors. Hold on, this is Shelley. My neighbors never talk to me anyway because they think I don't own a bra. That's why you don't know who your neighbors are. Okay, we got to get That's out of here. True statement. Oh, we have to go. Seven fifty nine. Computer's going to get us. Have a real good weekend. Talk to you Monday. Bye. Peace. It should have started, but it didn't. Hold on.